This CityWire podcast is sponsored by Scottish Mortgage Investment Trust. Scottish Mortgage invests in some of the world's most promising and exceptional companies. From healthcare breakthroughs to electric vehicles to a green energy revolution, Scottish Mortgage takes stakes in businesses shaping our future economy and society. As with any investment, capital is at risk. Hi, you're listening to The Advice Show. I'm Zachary Sharif. Uh, I'm here with Director of Celtic Financial Planning, Rob Lewis, and we're here to talk about the budget. Rob, how are you? Yeah, good, Zach. How are you? Yeah, I'm very well, thank you. I'm very well. Um, I'm very cold at the moment, but other than that, I'm all good. Um, yeah, I'd love to talk to you about the budget, um, if I may, last Thursday. Um, it was quite the reset from uh, the previous mini-budget um, and the sort of events of the last few months, really. Um, it's been quite a tumultuous period, I think, for all of us. Um, but just first off, listening, getting your reaction from that Thursday, what was your first thoughts? Yeah, no, completely. I, I think it was nice to have a budget that was going to provide stability, and we've seen that from the markets. They seem to have received it fairly well. Obviously, you know, a budget needs to to, to stack up at the end of the day, and uh, clearly there was an issue there around debt. So um, some changes have been made, definitely some surprises, and I can certainly see there's going to be some challenges on the back of the budget as well. Absolutely, absolutely. Um, well, you know, just um, first off, sort of just going straight into it, um, I'd like to chat first just about the changes to uh, the capital gains tax. Um, so the reduction in the CGT allowance is £6,000. Obviously, this is something that I imagine will affect um, a lot of your clients, a lot of people just seeking financial advice in general. So how do you think this tax change went um, and, and would it something was it something that you would have liked to see beforehand? Yeah, it certainly came for me as a surprise. I know there was a lot of talk about allowances being changed. Uh, and yeah, the capital gains tax allowance is a big change, you know, 50% reduction next year. And it's certainly going to impact our clients on two fronts, I would say. Um, the first one being the client set that we're seeing more and more where they're trying to offload their rental properties. Clearly, you know, rents and property has changed over the years and it's less advantageous than what it used to be. So we have seen clients looking at disposing property and clearly they're going to be wrapped up in that extra uh, tax duty there. Uh, and then I think ultimately the, the average investor really will, will suffer as well. Certainly those that have investment accounts, so money's outside of your ISAs and your pensions, will certainly see um, you know a, a, an implication of potential encashment. Now, I know this year valuations have been quite suppressed, so maybe gains aren't there, but you know, if in the future we see capital gains and uh, clients want to take withdrawals from those investment accounts, it's certainly going to cost them. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. Um, and also, you know, talk about things that might affect, might potentially affect clients. Um, there's also, uh, I'd also like to discuss the um, lowering of the additional rate of tax threshold of forty-five percent to one hundred twenty-five thousand pounds. Um, is this again? Is this something that you would have liked to see? Um, you know, it's quite a massive change from them deciding to scrap it in the budget altogether and now actually knowing the threshold and default by default sort of you know it's a tax rise in, in essence um so yeah what were your thoughts towards that and you know is it something you were calling yeah it's certainly a massive u-turn isn't it from getting rid of 45 percent tax to reducing the threshold um a big u-turn i think the the average client won't be too concerned about it. Certainly here, we don't tend to, in North Wales, predominantly have big earners like that right. be directly impacted. Um, certainly, there are going to be big earners impacted, but you know it, it probably works out five, £600 pounds extra tax charge. So they'll probably take that on the chip because 
you know, typically someone earning that, they've probably got the means to be able to cope with that sort of tax change. Um, but that said, you know, it doesn't, doesn't take away the fact that it's certainly going to hurt them and there's certainly an extra tax charge there. Would I have liked to have seen it? Um, I don't have an opinion on it, if I'm being honest, you know. Um, clearly, we have to get the budget into the black and we have to make sure it stacks up. That's a priority. Um, I, I think my priority looking at the budget would have been how could we have supported small businesses better rather than, you know, being concerned at those tax thresholds. Absolutely. Um, and, you know, uh, we'll come back to the to the uh, contents of the budget, but just in terms of small businesses, um, not that I'm in a mind to promote our other publications, um, but we had a great piece from Wealth Manager um, on um, whether it was possibly the wrong move. Um, as a lot of people were saying that growth, that the way to get out of the is to grow our way out and therefore public uh, protect public investment. Um, is that a sentiment you would share, particularly in regards to small businesses and in regards to growing our economy? Yeah, no, completely. I, I'm a huge supporter of small businesses. I'm a small business myself. I think having a um, a, a good small business uh, economy is really important. I think it creates for a robust and diversified economy as well. And certainly small businesses help to create lots of jobs. And I think certainly this budget has hampered that and potentially, you know, if we go into detail now or not, you know, on that point around the um, minimum wage being increased, it's certainly going to make businesses second um, second guess or, or, or certainly um, take a, a second time to think about creating a job when the the threshold, the, the minimum benchmark has been lifted so so much. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. Um, and, and, you know, uh, going back to talking about things that might impact clients, um, I, I appreciate the the lowering threshold might not it's something that might take a little chill and i guess that goes for fiscal drag as well right um but um i'd like to talk about pensions um if i may because there wasn't that much on pensions but there was a little bit um uh regarding the um triple lock being retained um and you know the state pension going up rising in whatever is in line with inflation um or average earnings um is the triple lock something that you were pretty confident would be retained um you know what did you make of previously um in the sort of budget the whiskers of sort of getting rid of the triple lot but is it something that you thought would be kept or would be lost yeah i, I think first of all I, i'm pleased on a pension front about the budget because there was nothing there in regards to um you know pension allowances lifetime allowances annual allowances so none of that was changed which was quite reassuring that was one area that i was worried about you know could they change tax relief or you know pensions uh, rules generally um so I'm glad to see that wasn't altered. In regards to the state pension, it's it's clearly a huge win for for those that are at retirement or, or near step state pension age. Having your um, state pension increased by 10% is obviously going to go a massive way towards offsetting the cost of living crisis that we got. Um, so, yeah, I, I, I'll be honest, I was surprised though. Um, I, I thought they may have said, actually, we'll... In, will increase it by a fixed amount rather than doing the full 10.1%. So that did come as a bit of a surprise. And yet, I, I would absolutely say it's a huge win for um, people on the state pension. Yeah, absolutely. Um, probably a necessary um, win as well, um, yeah. I believe, some time. Um, and, and also, you know, talk about things that might affect clients. Um, uh, I wondered what your thoughts were on the uh, 
dividend and tax-free allowance being cut. Um, so, you know, that's that's cut to £1,000 for dividends in 2023 and then a further 500 in 2024. Um, so obviously, and this is all, you know, all in the name of raising money um, to get our way out of a COVID impact, you know, Brexit impact, recession or whatever it may be. Um, but how do you think that'll impact clients, their thoughts and their behaviours going forward? Yeah, it's certainly going to impact some clients, certainly um, some clients that rely on direct equities where they have a, a dividend uh, produced each year. It's going to have uh, an implication there. Um, to be honest, I, again, it's another area that I am surprised because we've seen them really cull the uh, dividend allowance anyway massively over the years. So they've, they've basically taken it a lot further again, um, which again is going to impact those small businesses again. You know, small businesses, they, they, they pay their corporation tax, they pay their other taxes as well. And, you know, having that benefit of a dividend being tax-free actually can be a bit of a motivator for being sort of... Um, you know your own sole trade your own limited company so you know where where is the inspiration going to come from to be an entrepreneur going forwards if we keep taking away some of the benefits that typically we had of being an entrepreneur so that worries me because you know that entrepreneurial spirit is what we need you know we we need those new companies coming to the fold creating new jobs creating new technologies new products new services and you know if we take away all those incentives where does it leave us yeah, absolutely. Um, and, and, you know, I, I guess that also goes for um, the, the lack of public investment sort of goes in tandem with that um, in terms of creating an entrepreneurial spirit um, in this country. Um, yeah, and I'd also like to ask you um, as well just what you think of um, freezing inheritance tax thresholds. Um, again, this is, um, you know, I, I guess it's part of um, a sort of stealth tax policy across the board, really. Um, of trying to trying to raise trying to raise income without being it being that politically negative, I suppose. Um, but in terms of so those are frozen for another two years. I just wanted to get your thoughts on just inter inheritance tax generally, um, and what you'll think your clients' views would be on it. Yeah, I think we've sort of half, certainly as financial planners, half come to the uh, the the thinking that that this is to be expected now that those allowances are going to increase. I think it really hammers over any financial planner to make sure you do the work with your clients, do an up-to-date KYC, you know, find out what assets they've got, what's taxable, what isn't taxable. Again, thankfully, pensions are still outside of that remit with inheritance tax. So there's certainly great planning opportunities. And this is what gets me excited about financial planning now is that actually even even you know an average investor can really benefit from good financial advice because these allowances are staying the same yet as time goes by property prices increase investment values increase hopefully as well well yeah more people are certainly going to be caught up in it so you know we need to see more and more clients about good planning because i always say jokingly inheritance tax is a voluntary tax you don't have to pay it you know if you do the right planning whether it's gifting money whether it's giving it to charity setting up policies there's really good planning that could be put in place to avoid having to pay that tax bill. Uh, and, you know, a lot of people don't see it as a problem because they're not going to be here, but it's certainly going to be a, a problem for their children, you know, having to pick up the, the, the bill from the estate. Absolutely. And, um, you know, um, I believe it was um, a few months ago now, Just Group released a report um, about the rise in living inheritance. Um, the sort of uh, the rise in, you know, people, not just for reasons such as, you know, weddings or tuition fees, but reasons to give a living inheritance just because of the cost of living. Um, and that's, that's you know, becoming an increasing phenomenon. I believe it was, I, I believe the statistic they had was 42% of advisors 
felt that um, these things would increase and, and they would cite the cost of living as a, what, a reason why. Do you think um, that's set to continue? Yeah, absolutely. And I think we're going through that generation now, aren't we, where, um, you know, certainly the likes of my parents and, and, and that generation, they've gone through what's been a great time on, on property values. You know, they, they bought the house for six, seven grand and it's now worth two, three, four, five hundred thousand pounds. So yeah. they've gone through that generation where they've seen that huge growth in asset values and they're starting to pass away. And, you know, that that inheritance has been passed down now at quite, you know, quite a rate. And I, I'm certainly seeing it with my clients that they're already quite financially secure. Plus they're getting another four, five, six, seven hundred thousand pounds inheritance going on top. So, you know, that demographic, that generation now really need to be doing some planning. Yeah. We are seeing more and more clients giving away their disposable income in their lifetime to help their kids and their family and their grandchildren now uh, because of certainly the cost of living crisis. What's been interesting, certainly over the last few years, is the number of clients uh, giving money down the sort of generation pipeline to help with property purchases because we've seen valuations increase so so heavily. And, and I think with interest rate rises and mortgage costs rising, we could see more of that happening now. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Um, definitely. And, and, you know, of course, with and that's all linked to, I think the latest forecast, I mean, if it's a speculation, it's a mug's game, but I think the latest forecast for the property, for property things is for them to fall about 20%. Um, in property and, and sort of just a just a word on that. Um, so uh, I'd just like to ask you about the stamp duty cut being reversed. Um, and do you think if you think this is a good move in terms of you know trying to get more and more people onto the property ladder, um, in the in the face of perhaps falling prices as well? Yeah, if, clearly, if we see a, a reduction in property prices, that's going to be a good thing. It will help ops, offset some of the damage that we're seeing from higher interest rates. And the increase in stress testing as well. That's the other yeah. crucial thing. It's not only your monthly payment's going to be more, but your affordability's been impacted now because of the, the stress testing with higher rates. So, um, yeah, it, I'll be honest. I I, I really, I'm really, um, what's the word I'm looking for? Worried for first-time buyers, I suppose. It's it's a different, it's been difficult anyway. But it's a super challenging time at the moment. So, you know, any support you can get from your family will be greatly received, I suppose. But yeah, it's it's going to be a difficult period. I do see uh, mortgage rates stabilising a little bit more ne going into next year once uh, lenders have got their head round where um, the Bank of England base rate will, will lie and where that will end up. Um, yeah, the, the stamp duty, it's the same thing with the with any um, help to buy scheme at the moment is I, I think... First-time buyers have just got to keep in the loop, see what the changes are, and see what the consequences for their own uh, planning. Yeah, that makes sense. Um, and you know, just um, hopping back to small businesses for a moment. Um, also, what was in the statement was um, the energy price cap uh, set to increase to three thousand um, pounds, which obviously is much needed as the bills were forecast to go to three thousand seven hundred pounds. Um, do you think this will affect, you know, small businesses with offices in terms of energy bills or anything like that? Um, or is it just a household problem? Absolutely, it's going to affect businesses because this price cap isn't a ultimate price cap. It's a cap on the unit price. So if you're still a small business and you, particularly hospitality, um, they're really going to struggle. I know I've been to a couple of restaurants in London of late and they were quite cold and clearly they're making the decision to not put the heat on. And it completely makes sense. You know, it's a, it's a huge expense, but it's not just energy that we're seeing an increase in, uh, whether it's Office 365 or other license fees, lots of, um, 
you know, companies are getting in touch at the moment saying we're putting our price. Our latest one was our waste collection, our recycling collection. That's gone up 10%. So all of these um, increases and in addition, if we look at the national minimum wage now increasing, not only is the wage increasing, the employer NI is going to have to increase, the pension contribution is going to have to increase. It's going to leave businesses with with very few options. One of them is going to be we're going to have to put up our prices, which again doesn't help the inflation cycle. Um, or, or two, we're going to have to make cutbacks, and whether that's people or uh, you know other areas of the business that they can cut back on, that's that's going to be a negative because ultimately, you know, small businesses, as I said before, help to have that robust and diversified economy. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. Um, I, and you know, I, I just want to get a sense as well of you know for individual clients. Um, what those conversations with clients are going to be like. Um, it's always interesting for me covering IFAs um, and, and and trying to hear from clients as well and for our readers listening um, it, it, because I don't know what exactly goes on in those conversations and, and to be a father will be quite good. Um, just in terms of issues that you think may be affecting them, how you bring that up and you know how you modify their plans. Yeah, I think the, the, the two big things now, it, it, it's really taking it back to basics, which is, getting a really good understanding of your incoming expenditure. And this is no different where we're talking about a personal client or a small business client. You've got to get a handle on how money comes in and how money goes out at the moment and making sure that you're in a positive cash flow position and where you can make cutbacks, where you can make savings and be a bit more agile, making sure that potentially you've got certain funding in place to see you through you know, these difficult periods that we're going through. And then where you can as well, making sure that you're building on your emergency fund as well. Um, you know, that that's something that we've certainly seen the lessons from COVID. Having that emergency fund in place has been vitally important. It's something good financial planners always talk about clients, making sure you've got that emergency fund in place. So to be honest, I think a lot of the planning is taking it back to basics, which is what a lot of people overlook. But this is where we need to start from. Yeah. That makes complete sense. And um, of course, you know, the UK is in recession now um, and, and you know, will be for quite some time. Um, I just wanted to sort of round off, just get your thoughts on um, what you think the market's reaction to this will be and whether, quite frankly, you think this will work. Um, uh, because, you know, with the, I think one thing is just with the, with the volatility we've seen recently, the markets have reacted pretty shockingly. So whether you think this will get us back on track and back to, back to normality or some form of it. Yeah, normality, eh? Can you remember what that looked like? <laughs> I say all the time, the 2020 so so far has seemed like a movie script with everything that's been thrown at us. And it has been super turbulent for investors. Uh, and you'd hope that, you know, if we can iron out these problems, if we can see inflation starting to cool, which we're starting to get the indicators of the US. I noticed the Germany uh, production inflation report had cooled off a little bit as well. Um that's that's all going to be a positive because it will help the central banks not to be so hawkish and put up rates. So, yeah, we, we need some progress there. Clearly, you know, other geopolitical risks out there, whether it's China, whether it's UK, U, uh, Ukraine and Russia, things hopefully need to be resolved there in, in some format, which will then start helping with confidence. But I do see this budget giving the market a bit more confidence because, you know, ultimately we, we can't borrow forever and not have a plan to pay it back you know whether that's personally or as a business or a government you've always got to have that plan so i think that will certainly help the markets we've seen it so far with uh, guilt prices and the currency that seems to have stabled a little bit but what's ahead no one knows really 
I'm quietly optimistic about next year. I'm, I'm hoping in my own belief system that we can't see another year quite like this one. Um, and I think if businesses can get through this period and, you know, into maybe Q2 of next year, hopefully things start looking a little bit brighter. But, you know, as we know, there's no guarantees in, in the investment world. Of course, of course. Um, well, on that somber but quietly pos- positive note, I think that's a great note to end it. Um, Rob Lewis, um, Director of Catholic Financial Planning, thank you so much for joining me. Uh, I've been Zach Sharif. Thank you so much for listening to this episode of The Advice Show. Please catch us next week for the next one. This CityWire podcast is sponsored by Scottish Mortgage Investment Trust. Scottish Mortgage invests in some of the world's most promising and exceptional companies. From healthcare breakthroughs to electric vehicles to a green energy revolution, Scottish Mortgage takes stakes in businesses shaping our future economy and society. As with any investment, capital is at risk. 